is a very special day in the history of the Sports Night podcast because for the first time, we have a faculty guest joining us on the pod. Obviously, we've had Mr. Harris with us the whole time. He's been a tremendous host. But for to have a special faculty guest, this is the guy you want on. Just one of the best personalities in Xavier, larger than life, a huge Giants fan. Let's welcome to the pod, Mr. Chiofulio. What is up? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, really excited to chat with you guys. I can't believe I'm the first faculty member you've had on this. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of students so far. First faculty, first faculty guest. This is big. This is the big I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> thanks for inviting me. And it's, uh, we should also, it's worth noting, Max Adams joining us on the pod for the first time to talk some Giants. Let's go, guys. And you know what? Let's just, let's hop right into this. I'm going to be straight up. We set up this pod to talk about, initially it was about the first Giants win. They won last Sunday. They beat the Redskins. It was great. We were all happy. And as, it, as fate would have it, they had a Thursday night game against the Eagles. So we could have covered two wins. But our boy Evan Ingram, Posio. Oh, our boy dude. Evan Ingram. <laughs> just get me started. You know what? I've gone on record to say that Evan Ingram is just terrible. I hate him. I do not want him on the Giants anymore. I would trade him for a seventh-round pick, maybe a bag of balls on top of it, too. I'm going to reiterate what I've said many times. As a tight end, you have to be able to do these two things, block and catch. <laughs> Evan Ingram can't do either. Evan Ingram last night, you see, his first huge drop of the game was the bullet Danny Dimes threw to him that bounced off of his hands into the Eagles, right into the Eagles secondary. That was Listen, awful. listen, listen, Robert, let me stop you there. That was not a bullet. That was a very catchable ball. That was a very catchable ball. Oh, yeah, no, he yeah, hit yeah, him yeah. in the hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah no, I'm agreeing with you. That's what, that's what I'm saying, that it was, it was a dime. It was a dime from Danny Dimes. That's what you expect. It was, it was a great pass. Evan Ingram should have caught that. But, of course, no. Stone hands, brick hands, Evan Ingram just tips it up in the air. And it's an interception. Luckily, they didn't score on that drive, but still. The second one, the one to ice the game, right in his hands, yet again. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I blame the coaching staff on that one. Why are we throwing the game-on-the-line ball to Evan Ingram? If he has not revealed himself as the choke artist that we all know him to be as a fan base – what is wrong with the coaching staff that they're going to put a play in there where he's not he's not just catching one across the middle to get a first down. They're sending him deep. You yeah. know he's going to drop that ball. <laughs> Come on. When has he caught a deep ball? Once or twice in his whole Giants career? I think they got to throw that one to Shepard. I mean, look, that's we, we were talking about it in our group chat, Max. Sterling Shepard was having a great game, just finding yeah. bases. Golden Tate had that great touchdown catch where he mossed a guy. He's only 5'10". And we haven't seen Everton Ingram make those plays, even as a – he's not a huge tight end, but I think you'd call him big. He's got to be like, what, six? Yeah. We got to stop with this end around to Ingram, too. That's the – that was the other thing. <laughs> it's works sometimes, but we ran like – it was like – in the red zone, first and he's 20. He's not fast enough to do that. I know he's a fast tight end, but, like, you want a wide receiver on that. Max, this is what you do with a tight end who can't catch the ball. <laughs> you, have to, you have to use him. He's, he's you know, he's a yeah. big salary. And I, I would make the argument that they are looking to shop him. The amount I of, hope so. The amount of balls they're throwing his way, the way they're trying to incorporate him into the offense, they're, they're basically saying – you better you better put up or you're out of here. And I think while he's still got some value on the open market, I think teams would actually line up to take him. They would yeah. look at him as a big body, as you know, somebody that they could maybe uh, as a project bring him along. I mean, he's a first rounder. The guy should not be this bad. I could see like a team like the Packers having interest in him. And he's I... very athletic. I mean, if he could get the hands thing together yeah. and catch some balls, he'd be he'd be a, you know he'd be great. But the other thing that I don't like about him, Robert, just to build on what you were saying, I didn't mean to cut your rant short. Were you done? Okay, it's okay. No, continue. Listen, he, has, he has more in the tank. He'll be able to turn it right back. <laughs> okay, we'll bounce it back to him later. The other thing I will say about him is he lacks toughness. Like mm. if you watch him on the runs or you watch him after he catches the ball, he cannot wait to get out of bounds. 
he does not want to lower his shoulder and go into anybody. He's not scaring defenses at all. Yeah. And he doesn't create separation in his routes. He can't block worth a damn. Yeah. So it's he, time he to reminds get rid me of this guy uh, while he still has some value. He reminds me of Eric Ebron. He's just, you know, a new version of him. First round, hyped up talent who hasn't done anything really. Even I'll like a yeah. couple – yeah, you go. No, you go, Max. You got it. Uh, even like a couple years ago, remember when uh, Jimmy Graham was like the ideal receiving tight end? Like Jimmy Graham scares me a lot more than uh, Evan Ingram coming at me. Oh, easy. Do you remember the third the third down and five play? It was like a little dumb town to Ingram, and instead of just lowering the shoulder and trying to get as many yards as he can, he tried to hurl someone like Saquon Barkley and got flipped on his back. He hurled a guy who was standing up. I mean, we, haven't, we haven't even talked about the fact that he's, he's basically made out of glass. I yeah. think that was his way of trying to get back on the bench. <laughs> that landing didn't look fine. I mean, he landed right on his lower back. Yeah. That's not what you want. Yeah. I think Lou said that in the group chat that <laughs> the guy with injury issues wants to get right back on the IL. Yeah, I mean, you know, you 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 look at the guy and he's a, he's really a freak looking athlete. So the athleticism is there, and I can imagine like that's what the coaches see in him. They see this freak athlete, and they see a first rounder. They see like you know, we got to get this guy in here. We got to incorporate him in some way. But I think he's had enough chances at this point. And yeah. if we're already rebuilding, let's get something for this guy while we still can. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, are you sending away a known, you know, commodity in the hopes of getting something in return that you're not really quite – you don't know what it's going to be, a draft pick or, you know, whatever. But I think at this point the bag of balls is looking very good, Robert. I know I know we also uh, – but uh, – Tate had that great catch yesterday, but I don't think he's a, a part of the future here. I think you also shop him. Yeah, no, I well, you know, shop him at this point. Who wants Golden Tate? Yes. I mean, I, I was when the Giants took him on. I was like, really? Okay. I mean, yeah. You know, he's, Big he's contract. Catch every now and then, but let's face it, he's always been sort of an overachiever for his size and his yeah. position, and he's getting old. And. uh you know, the other problem is, and I think Max might have said this to me, you, you don't have any, besides Slayton, you really don't have a big deep threat on this mm-hmm. team because Evan Ingram should be, but he's not. And then you have Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate, who are very similar players. Shepard's a much better version of Golden Tate. He's faster. He's quicker. They're yeah. both small slot receivers, though. Basically. The thing that the thing that I have to say, I'm fed up. I'm the same thing with Posey. I'm fed up with Ingram. And you look at that 2017 draft where three tight ends are taken in the first round, Ingram being one of them. And it's OJ Howard who had a couple good years. David Njoku who had a great second year and kind of fizzled out. All three of those first round town tight ends are really nothing. OJ Howard still has some talent, similar to Evan Ingram, but he's faced injuries. The thing that angers me is. George Kill win the fifth round, 146 overall. I just I can't I still can't believe we took a tight end in the first round. That was back when we still believed we could win with the team yeah. we had around Eli. I'm not saying it's all Eli's fault, but he was an aging QB and the team was just kind of holding on to the hope that we could build something around him. Uh but yeah, that draft pick, I think that's gonna go down as uh, a laughable pick. Yeah, but that was a Reese pick, wasn't it? It was a Jerry Reese yeah. pick, yeah. Listen, yeah, I, so I mean, yeah, you know, Reese has already I, I, been fired <laughs> for that and more. <laughs> My dad has made this point many times. If you look at the Jerry Reese drafts, I think there's like four players that he drafted that are still on the team. You have Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. I think he also drafted Wayne Gallman. As a love Wayne player. Gallman. We'll talk mm. about Wayne Gallman. I love Wayne Gallman. He is my favorite part of that game. <laughs> the Jerry Reese drafts have been atrocious. But I want to go back to something that Mr. Trapulio said about um, Evan Ingram's toughness. You know who is a very tough tight end on the Giants? Caden Smith. I, I don't know if he's been recognized like too often, but he that guy has balls. <laughs> <laughs> he catches the ball when it's thrown to him. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. And look, this has been a problem since his first year, and it was something we thought maybe he'd grow out of. The first, and his first year, Evan Ingram was 
pretty good. 64 receptions, 722 yards, six touchdowns. The problem is there hasn't been any growth. It's been all downhill from there, and that's not what you want out of a rookie tight end you took in the first round. Yeah. And it's, it almost seems like his dropping problem has gotten worse, and it was to the point where, like, I don't think my dad ever expected that ball to be caught when we saw it. And that was, I think uh, Mr. Chivulio said it was a dime. Danny Dimes couldn't have walked that to him better. That was a perfect yeah. throw. And that, that would have sealed that game. Yeah. Talk about the deep ball. The deep ball. Look, I'm not, it's not that I would have liked, I'm not that I like the play call, but to Danny Dimes' credit, that was a beautiful throw. And a competent tight end makes that play 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. You know, I, I, heard, I heard some people talking about it today, earlier today. And, and sort of trying to shift a little bit of the blame onto Daniel Jones that the ball wasn't perfectly thrown. And if you look at the replay of the play, Evan Ingram was not even running hard. He, he, yeah. he created separation, and then he sort of slowed down. If he was going hard, that thing hits him right in the hands, full flush, no question he makes the catch. So, you know, to me, that is all on him. Uh, mm-hmm. you, it's hard to throw a deep ball any better than that. Yeah. And you know what? Like, uh, let's give Daniel Jones some credit. Some of the deep balls he's thrown have been really good this year. There was the dime last week to Slayton in the red, uh, against the football team. Remember uh, against the first game against the Steelers? That yeah. One? Oh, yeah. The 40 the, 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 yeah. the Daniel Jones' accuracy has been really good. The problem has been the stupid plays. The interception against the Redskins last week in the in the red zone when they have a chance to seal the game. It's the turnovers. The interception's not his fault this game. And no. the fumble, while I garbage mean... Garbage time. No, it's garbage time. It's still not what you want. And yeah. we can certainly talk about how Andrew, Dom, uh, Andrew Thomas was just kind of kind of like an open door that game. He's a turnstile. It's, he's a, he's a turnstile. turnstile. It wasn't good. Listen, <laughs> he's... he's you know, I, I, what's the, what's the, the you talk about the left tackle? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's rough. And look, he's a rookie. I don't think he played left tackle in college. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Thomas. Thomas, right? I mean, you know, you, you got to understand that is not an easy position to play in the NFL. Yeah. And he he dominated in college, so he's used to muscling smaller people than him. He's used to you know his whole college career playing for Georgia, right? He's a Georgia product. Georgia probably, yeah. He's basically – well, he's playing in the SEC, so he, he, he went against some NFL-caliber players. But, you know, it's not the same when week in and week out, not to mention the fact that they have started the season against, like, top ten defenses every yeah. single week. He every had to week, face the two best with the exception of the Eagles. The huh? He had, to, he had to face the two best pass rushers in the league, and Khalil Mack and um, Aaron yeah. Donald. This guy, to me, gets a free pass all year uh, until we see what he's actually going to be in year two. Offensive line, you know, everybody thinks, oh, you just got to be a big body and you just hold yeah. these guys up. These people are freaks of nature coming in like freight trains and, you know, and you're exposed out there on the edge. So mm-hmm. that is the heart, one of the hardest positions to play in the NFL. And so this guy's a rookie. And I like the fact that the coaching staff benched him last week for the first half or first quarter because he missed the meeting. And I also love the way Judge handled that with the media, where he basically just said, look, the, you know, the kid did nothing wrong. There's no maliciousness. There's nothing. He just missed a meeting. And there are consequences to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, finally we have a coach who's straightforward and we actually can communicate, you know, get information from and we don't have to try to second guess or he evades questions i really mm-hmm. like the coach i also like uh coach graham on the defensive end of the ball oh yeah uh you know he's just starting this year right this is the yeah. first year yeah yeah they have a whole new coach had, yeah graham's good i mean the defense mm-hmm. is not as bad as i you know not nearly as bad it's, as it was last year it's, honestly it's good. not it's not bad at all look posio said a couple of days ago that james bradbury is a He's a top five corner in the NFL. Yeah. Joe Buck said that in the game. He might even be, if we stay with Posio's logic, he might even be the first ballot Hall of Famer. That's, that's to be determined. <laughs> oh, no, uh, you have yeah, some man. really talented Wait guys on this defense. Let, let's stop at shutdown corner. <laughs> yeah, I, I, listen, I never said Hall of Famer. I said top five in the league. I think I he has say- a good shot at all pro this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, he should be. He's been one yeah, of the best be. corners. You look at the way Blake Martinez has played the linebacker yeah. position this yeah, year. He's sure. been good. It's been You're a bounce a back year. Bounce back year for Leonard Williams. Yeah. 
yeah. I think we're Logan seeing Ryan. some. Yeah, Logan, Logan Ryan's, Ryan's had some good weeks. Yeah. Been awesome. Jabril yeah. Peppers has been pretty good. This yeah. is a defense. Uh, he's been he's been more inconsistent. Can but we I, talk about the two fair catches in the second half? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was. Where no funny. one is anywhere near him. That was. I mean, really. I got what one question. Doing? Where is Xavier McKinney? He's hurt. He's got what, a broken uh, foot. He opted out. Yeah. How? Uh, he opted out. Either that no, or he's, he's got a broken foot. Yeah, he has a broken oh, foot. That's okay. what I thought. Oh, he said he was going to miss two months, but I haven't heard anything from about him. No, he's he's he, it, it was like out eight to ten weeks at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that's he what I heard. Training camp. It's the outside mm-hmm. metatarsal on his foot, so it's going to okay. take some time to heal from that. And that guy was supposed to be a shutdown, lockdown safety, right? He's a safety. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. And that's why you got Logan Ryan in there. Yeah. But, you know, Julian Love is another guy they have at safety who is a second – I think this is his second year? Yeah. Julian Love, he's barely getting any playing time Mm -hmm. because they're relying on Logan Ryan a lot now that they realize that he's a stud. And, you know, he's – he can basically play any position in the secondary. But I think they need to get some of these younger guys, you know, like Julian Love. I'd like to see him a little bit more. Because you want to see him develop. You know, he's a second-year player. Um, but, yeah, the defense has a lot of bright spots. It sucks that Carter went down. Um, you know. That was a huge loss. What's that? That was a huge loss, Lorenzo yeah. Carter. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Carter, was, Carter was starting to look good. Like, the first couple of weeks, he was, like, making big plays. I was like, dang, okay. Carter's here now, okay. NFL, baby. He's like an Alabama product, right? I think this was his second year, too. No, he. I think he was from Georgia with Andrew Thomas. Was he? Oh, okay. And then the guy, Alexander, in the middle of the defensive line, 97. He's, yeah, another, young, he's another young guy. Uh, I think they they drafted him last year. Um, he, he looked great last night and has looked good all season. So they've got a lot of real young talent there on the defense, and the coaches seem to be – getting the rotation going with those guys. so, But they I mean, can't be out there. They can't be out there as many minutes as they're out there. And you watch them failing in the fourth quarter. It's not because they're failing to execute. It's because they've been out there all game. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't really. I find it hard to fault the defense at all for mm-hmm. this game. When you look at all the the three and outs they forced on Carson Wentz yeah. and that offense through three quarters of play, and the offense just couldn't get anything going. I mean – the offense really had two good drives that whole game. And it was the uh, – even one wasn't even a drive. One was like a first-play touch. The Golden Tate was a first-play touchdown, right? And so, then you had the other one, which was the a drive from the, the, the drive from their own three that ended, um, that ended with the – yeah, the, the Sterling yeah. Shepard touchdown. Mm-hmm. That was a great drive, but we haven't been able to do that consistently. And so the problem is that right. the rest of the time, the offense is just punting. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, know why, you know why they drove from the three? Because they 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 let Gallman carry the ball. Gallman's yeah. been amazing. He's been insane. Now look, <laughs> Devon, we've said Devonta Freeman has looked good, but I think at this point forward with Saquon out, let Wayne Gallman let's let let Wayne Gallman rush the ball. Because I was telling Max in our group chat, I just kept getting so hyped every time he touched the yeah. ball. Because it didn't matter, defense is right right in his face as soon as he gets the ball, just head down pushing for yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, he saved us in that in that uh, on that drive. Yeah, Listen, the I one mean, knock I'll have about the Giants' defense is they need to be more disciplined in big situations. Oh yeah, <laughs> like the penalties kill you. The penalties at the end of that and the end of that game kill you. The holding the penalties in the fourth quarter. That holding penalty at the, the goal line. I'm not gonna. That's crucial. It would have been fourth down. Hmm. But yeah, but here's the thing: those those like illegal contact calls that they've been getting at the end of all of these games. The referee can throw a flag on that every single play of every down in the NFL. The players are constantly in contact with each other like that. They just, you know, hit the screw the Giants button and suddenly a flag comes materializing on a key down. Um, I I don't buy it. I mean, it's just, it seems like every single time the Giants are in a crucial third and long, we get some illegal contact penalty against us. I'm not faulting the defense for that. I say play <laughs> physical, play physical, put the onus on the referee to throw the flag in a big spot like that. Unfortunately, the referees have been throwing the flag in big spots like that. I got to be honest. I feel like a lot of the flags this year against the Giants, maybe this is just a little bit of bias. Like 
some of them just seemed really ticky tacky. They called like a um, an offensive screen foul right. in the middle of the yeah. game where it was like, I mean, he was there for a second. Like, like it, it didn't even look like a screen. Like it was just like he popped in front of a defender for a second. There wasn't any contact, and they threw the flag. It just seems like, like we're getting a lot of those. Wasn't that on Ingram? <laughs> Go ahead. It was on Ingram's catch. There was someone else that did it, and it was on Ingram's catch. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where, like, if your team is bad, bad things are just going to start happening, you know? And if the yeah. referees see a bad team out there, they're looking for bad things to happen. They're looking for things to throw the flag about. They're like, you know, these guys suck. You know, we're going to throw a flag. It won't matter. Uh, you know, we got to get our numbers up. You know, it's like a cop pulling people over on a Sunday, you know, to meet their quota. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But Gallman was definitely a bright spot. Now I don't know mm-hmm. if I would, I, would, I don't know if I would, you know, I, I kind of liked what Freeman uh, was doing the last couple of weeks, you know, and last week particularly against the Skins, which was his first. What was that like his third game with the team? His third game, I think he rushed for sixty-one yards. So he yeah, was he was. He looked very explosive. Starting to figure it out, you know, just starting to figure. Mm-hmm. And he he was elusive, you know. When he gets into open field, he can bust one. I don't right. know if I can say that about Gallman. You know, Gallman might be a little bit tougher in the hole, but I like Freeman out of the backfield catching passes and getting into open space. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the problem is is that he's more likely to be too shifty like Saquon was right. before he even hits the line, and then he's going to get hit for a loss, whereas Gallman doesn't wait for a hole to open. He just, this is where I'm supposed to go. I'm going. I'm a little confused why they keep – throwing Deion Lewis out there when I feel like he's the clear number three back at this point. He had that big fumble towards the end end of the second quarter, almost yeah, cost us three points. points. Yeah, they didn't and get any points off of that, but that was that – That could have been big. And mm-hmm. then, you know, he had one – he had a good run on that drive. Yeah. But I just feel like when you – in terms of, of talent-wise, I've always, I've always seen Deion Lewis. He's primarily been a receiving back. That's what he did in New England. And yeah. I feel like – I'd rather Wayne Gallman and Devonta Freeman just bring more to the table than he does. For sure. <sighs> well, Gallman certainly, uh, you know, can do both. He can catch and he can run, you know, Lewis. I don't know if you're going to be handing the ball off to him. You know, he's, he's more like a, you know, a, a kind of a, a sprawls with a lot less talent. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel like when we think about Gallman and why they don't use him as much, you know, because as soon as Freeman came along, yeah, if, let's face it. If Freeman was not injured in that game last night, Gallman would not have seen any touches. Yeah. Right? yeah. As soon as they got Freeman on the team, Gallman was like inactive, and he wasn't even injured. He didn't. He wasn't even active for the first game. You know, so that that kind of tells you something about how they feel about Gallman. And I don't know what the coaches are seeing that I'm not seeing, but I, maybe maybe he had fumble issues earlier in uh, you know because he's. He's he might even be a Jerry Reese sign. He is. He is a Jerry Reese. Traffic. He's been he's been with them for a while. He's got to be like yeah. twenty five at this point, maybe yeah. even older. He's, yeah, he's kind of been he was in the Ingram draft. Not he mistaken. was in Ingram draft. Yeah, I think. So. Let me. Let me that's so, that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. I don't know if the first couple of years when they were trying him, I do remember him fumbling in games with Eli. And that might have been one of those things where they just like maybe he fumbles a lot in practice, you know. Mm. Maybe you know if you watch him carrying the ball, he is he is pretty reckless with how he carries it. It's not even up up against his body; like he's got one hand on it, and it's kind of free out here. So I th- I bet you he's a fumbler, and that's one of the issues that they have with him. Now he didn't fumble last night; Lewis did. But if that's something that the coaches are seeing on a regular basis during practice. I don't blame him for not giving him the same number of reps. Now and now that's fair. Now let's let's take a look back. From what week did Saquon get hurt last year? Yeah, he did. What uh, he Gallman took over from him after that, and I think he was pretty good for a couple of weeks. But I'm trying to remember. I think it was against the Buccaneers last year. Yeah, Gallman. I feel like Gallman yeah. had a good game against the Bucs. Yeah, I think after Saquon went down. Yeah. They all had a good game against the Bucks last year. Wasn't that the five touchdown? That's his first start. Didn't he have like five touchdowns in that game? I think he did. He had that, that big with the rushing oh, touchdown that won the game. He just he yeah. went off in that game. Well, how about the rush last night? Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I knew we were gonna get to this one. Yep. Twenty that yard line, guys. All right. 
I found like, a. Have we ever seen anything like that in the NFL <laughs> ever? Okay. Turf I don't think I've ever seen that. So this season, Tyreek Hill's max speed is twenty-one point two nine miles an hour. Daniel Jones, 21.23 miles an hour. That's insane. Wow. That's there. insane. I don't think we realize how fast Daniel Jones really is. Yeah. You know, he was running so hard that he just, like, faked himself out. I forget what one of the, one of the analysis was like. He was like moving so fast, like, his legs couldn't keep up with him. Like, his body was moving too fast. His legs were 10 yards behind him. <laughs> That's the type of thing you see in, like, a sitcom. And, like, that would never happen. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was rich, man. I mean, I also think it was like right as the announcer said it, like, no one's going to get him. He's going to go all the way. And then you started to see him teeter over. And then you knew there was no going back. (laughs) If Jones is a bust, that clip will define his career. That's that's his butt fumble. (laughs) That is. That's. That's I think I said that in the chat. I was like, that's his butt fumble (laughs) moment. That's his Sanchez moment. Yeah. Oh, poor Danny. The uh, the only saving grace there was that it didn't come back to bite us. We did get the touchdown. The Wayne Gallman touchdown. Yeah, yeah, but that was because they got bailed out on a pass interference. Yeah, that's also true. That's also true. <laughs> they would have had to go for it fourth and one if they didn't get that pass interference. Yeah, yeah. no, I think I think his react like he was so pissed at himself, like he started slamming the turf. Like he knew we are not scoring a touchdown now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so speaking of Daniel Jones, what do you guys think? The Giants are now one. And six, and there's a very good chance that they're not going to win their division at this point, and yeah. they could have a, a really high pick. Now we don't know if they're going to be able. We don't know if they're going to be able to surpass the Jets as the worst team yeah. in the NFL right now. It doesn't look like it. I, but in the in the scenario that they have a chance to take Trevor Lawrence, do you guys take him? Yes. He's the only guy. He's the only guy. I, I think if, if I think if it's Justin Fields, you don't take him. You go get a, another tackle or a, another weapon for uh, Jones. But if it's Trevor Lawrence, you take him. If it's not, then you see. My thing is though that if the Giants are are in a position where they are drafting one or two, that means that Jones has not done enough or shown sure. enough to be the future of this team. That's the only thing. I disagree. Yeah, if they start trading off pieces, you know, also. Then mm-hmm. You can't uh, really go, blame it on Jones. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think even if they have a chance to, to draft uh, Trevor Lawrence, that they should stay with uh, Daniel Jones. And I'll, I'll explain why. Trade Lawrence? Whatever. Nah, uh, no, I'm saying, I'm saying they should, you know, they shouldn't, they shouldn't draft him. Like if somebody wants to, you know, trade them sure a bunch don't. of picks, get into their spot or whatever, mm-hmm. then play ball. But I don't think adding Trevor Lawrence because you doubt Daniel Jones is in my in my opinion, I think Daniel Jones is a future championship caliber quarterback. He has nothing around him to support that development and growth other than the potential of younger talent that could come in and give him weapons that he can develop with. Uh, You know, we've seen this happen on other teams before where you have a quarterback who comes in and has zero of anything else around them, and then they eventually become a champion. Uh, You know, when you look at what Eli had coming in, uh, taking over the reins, when he did, uh, yeah, he had a whole lot more weapons and better defense uh, than Daniel Jones has right now. And Daniel Jones, the reason why I like him is because, number one, he's fearless. He does never shies away from a hit. He stands right in the pocket and delivers. Does he throw a pick every now and then? Sure, he's a second-year quarterback. This guy's young. He's just sorting it out. Plus, it's the second offense that he's had to learn in two years. Second head coach in two years. Uh, he doesn't have a running game of any sort. There's no running game. There's no offensive line. The offensive line is in shambles. So you take all of those things into consideration and you put Trevor Lawrence into that same equation. You don't know what you're going to get. You might think you know what Trevor Lawrence is, but you don't. We do know what Daniel Jones is. We've watched him now for two years play in the NFL against, you know, great defenses, particularly this year and deliver the ball in big situations and also throw picks and also make mistakes. 
But given his supporting cast around him, I'll take Daniel Jones over Trevor Lawrence. So I'm more in line with Mr. Chufoyo's line of thought here. And Poe said something to me that kind of opened up my eyes. And I'm going to let Poe make this comp after I make this point. Poe compared Daniel Jones to a, as a similar quarterback to Josh Allen. And I think when you look at it, he's a little more accurate, maybe not as good of an arm, but I do think Daniel Jones has a great arm. We've seen him make some really nice and accurate passes. And I think, you know, look what Josh Allen has been able to do in Buffalo where they've surrounded him with pieces and, and, and talent. Stefan Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley. And you look at these guys that, you know, he could, they can make, they have deep receivers. Stefan Diggs and John Brown can make plays deep down the field. Uh, this is, that's a Buffalo team that was four and oh, yes, they've dropped their last two to two really good teams. They're going to play the Jets. They're probably going to be five and two. This is a team that's probably going to win that division. Josh Allen is in MVP talks right now. I think that's what Daniel Jones could potentially be if you get some talent around him. I don't think – and, Poe, if you want to go more into that comp, I think that was a really good point you made. Uh, I, I think you covered what I wanted to say on that. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just too good. <laughs> I, would, I, I, would, I would argue that he's better than Allen. You see, Mr. Tr- Mr. Trafulio, you should have yeah. been here the other night. What was it, Wednesday? It was Wednesday. Posio tried to make the case that Josh Allen isn't a top 10 quarterback, and it was, it was a good debate we had. Mm. That he's not a top 10 quarterback? Yeah. I, listen, I think you can make an argument, a legitimate no, argument. No, there's a legitimate that. argument you I can think, make. I think he's probably not a top 10 quarterback, but I think he's an excellent, what, third-year quarterback? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I'm not denying that. But he's an everybody's, third-year quarterback. to say he's an MVP and all that, but he struggled against two good teams. I don't think he can be considered an elite quarterback or a top quarterback if you can't beat a top team. You know what, I, you know what my knock on Josh Allen is? He, he does not handle pressure well, and Daniel Jones, I think, does in comparison. Yeah, and he's I, just so used to it at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think Daniel Jones is smarter than he is. Daniel Jones, uh, you know, he he strikes me as just a more intelligent player. And Josh Allen sometimes does these boneheaded things in situations. I mean, not that we haven't seen Daniel Jones do the same thing, but most of his failings are fundamentals. You know, he doesn't have two hands on the ball when he's, you know, gets pressure and somebody smacks it down from behind or, you know, he fails to throw it all the way away and some guy makes a a crazy play to catch it in the end zone on an interception, you know, things like that. Like trying to trying to make something out of nothing is the Daniel Jones problem. Josh Allen just makes stupid decisions. I mean, I think it's safe to say that for all the flashiness that Josh Allen shows, that you could make the case Daniel Jones is a much more complete player in terms of his talent. I agree. I they're agree. Both, look, they're both very athletic uh, QBs. Daniel Jones with that run today where he reaches 21.2 miles per hour, I think that shows that, jo- that Daniel Jones really has some speed and athleticism. We've yeah, seen Josh Allen has yeah. been caught by the, by the yeah. cornerback. And, and- mm-hmm. The, uh, is, is Daniel Jones' arm as good as Allen in terms of just raw strength? Probably not. But, I mean, the accuracy, I think, is significantly better. He's been able to make some great throws into tough windows, and he's already been thrust into situations where, like you said, facing pressure. a lot of pressure and just mm-hmm. being able to come up in big moments and make big plays. Yeah, I think you put Stephon Diggs on the Giants and we're a playoff team. Oh, okay. Slowly roll. I mean, that's Slowly a little roll. bit of a stretch, but, Slowly look, roll. I mean, I don't Well, for the NFC East. In the NFC, yeah. If you if you watch just watch just watch the highlights of a Buffalo game and look at number one how much time that guy has in the pocket. That's true. His offensive line is excellent, and not to mention the fact that he has a running game, so it makes a huge difference. Oh, you can actually do play action passes in your <laughs> offense. I mean, imagine the luxury of this. You know, it's crazy. You know, the announcers made that point yesterday that when Daniel Jones has time. He is good. He is just as good as any other quarterback in this league. Correct. Mark my Listen, words, he's going to win a Super Bowl before Josh Allen does. I'll you tell heard, you that much. You heard it here first. <laughs> but like, let's, let's point out, right, like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, two rookie quarterbacks that we've talked pretty highly about on this podcast, are two quarterbacks that are surrounded with much better offenses than Daniel Jones, especially Justin yeah. Herbert. The, the Los oh, yeah. Angeles offense is very complete. Justin yeah, no, Herbert has a solid line. It's 
Cincinnati isn't as good as LA, but I think those are two QBs that look you like you, even these rookie QBs, you throw them into a good, a good system and they can thrive. And I think that's just going to be the same thing with Daniel Jones. I think this Joe judge system, Jason Garrett's been pretty good. I think, you know, you just, you get some more talent around him. You're going to really going to see how good of a QB he is. Yeah. You know, what, what it really shows you is that how crippling it can be when you have not figured out the offensive line and the giants have been trying to figure out that offensive line for like eight years now. And it's just been a failed experiment. Reese couldn't figure it out. Gettleman now can't figure it out. Uh, and it's just, you know, I, finally, I feel like we have some of the cogs that could be there. Like Hernandez, I'd like to see him being better than he is right now. I like the left tackle. Maybe he becomes something. He's young. We don't know yet. It's an unknown. Uh, you know, it's a hodgepodge in those other three positions. The right guard, the center, and the right tackle, I mean, you know. Well, Zeitler's very good. Huh? Zeitler is good. Zeitler's Zeitler. good. Zeitler. But they already said they might trade him away. Like, he's in right. – I think it's he's him. He's not in the future's plan. He's, he's not, not in the future's plan. He's like a journeyman, right? Yeah. He, he was on the Browns for a while. He was on the Browns yeah. most of his career. But he's a, vet, he's a veteran. He's not he's – not, uh, he might not even be in his prime anymore. Yeah, you, what you need is you need five guys that are like – sort of all within three years of one another that they can sort of develop together as a unit. That's when the giants have won championships. Like when they did it in the eighties and, and in 1990 or 86, 1990, they had a core set of guys that played together their almost their whole career. Same thing for the guys in the early two thousands or 2007 and 2011, those same guys were together. You know, they were a core group of guys working together and they were awesome. And it, everything else flows from that offensively. Yeah. I think it's a fair point to make. The two things my dad always laments about these current Giants teams compared to the ones that won are he's like, we used to always have good tight ends. We don't have a good tight end anymore. We've already covered that. And we always used to have good old lines, and we don't have a great old line anymore. The two Super Bowl teams that, I mean, everyone talks about the great defense uh, when they beat the Patriots. Uh, the O-lines, like Sean O'Hare, and I'm forgetting some of the other guys' names, but those O-lines and those two David recent Super Bowls were really good. David Deal, like those were good O-lines. They were definitely yeah. good. Wait. I, I would think that uh, if they get a uh, – this is a question. What If we get a top 10 pick, but like not in the top – so basically picks 5 through 10, do you think they go out and draft another tackle or they go and try to get another wide receiver for uh, – uh, Jones, what do you think? I think you go tackle. You know, I, haven't, I haven't paid enough attention to like the draft prospects this year, so uh, I haven't either. But I'm just looking at some of these guys that are gone. The wide receiver class this year is unbelievable. You got Henry Ruggs that was gone in the first round, Ceedee Lamb, Justin Jefferson. I think any of those guys would really elevate this offense. Well, yeah, Max, just, just just from my perspective, I think Dave Gettleman. Like if you look at his draft record, mm-hmm. uh, who was the who was DeAndre 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 uh, Baker? DeAndre oh yeah, Baker. the guy. <laughs> right. That was a that was a draft pick that Gettleman made in a rich first round filled with guys who are now kicking ass on the O line for mm-hmm. other teams. Yeah. Everyone everyone knew that that was the time, and everyone expected us to take one of those studs uh o-linemen and instead he takes a chance he 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 trades up to get this guy and uh and it ended up obviously being a complete bust and one of one of the reasons why we might not be talking about dave gettleman in a couple of years but he knows his job is on the line because of boneheaded decisions like that and uh you know you can't take a chance on a player who's a problem in college with a first round pick I'm yeah. sorry. If you want to take a chance with a third or fourth rounder, fine. But if you're taking a first round pick, you don't draft somebody who, who got arrested four times in college. You know, it's just stupid. Yeah. And sure <laughs> enough, you know, he didn't even last a year. So that was a big problem. And so Gettleman mm-hmm. knows his, his that's the big problem is the O line. He's got to solve mm-hmm. that. So I have a feeling that if they get a high draft pick uh, or a series of high draft picks, we're going to see the quality O line picks being made over receivers right you can always get a receiver in free agency yeah 
I think Allen Robinson is trade for, or even try and trade for like John Ross, take a shot on him because he's not right. doing anything in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I just think it's easier to find serviceable receivers yes. anywhere in the league than it is to get a, a O lineman that's going to be sure. good for your team. And also to draft ones like Slayton. What was Slayton, a third or fourth rounder? Yeah. Yeah. He was like fifth, I think. He might have been fifth. Like he was a really low pick. Yeah. I'm trying to look at these free agents here for a second. Daniel Jones is making him look like a stud. Yeah. I mean, Justin Jefferson, he's killing it with uh, Minnesota. Was he even a first round pick? Yeah, it was 22nd overall, I think. Oh, all right. Yeah. I take that yeah, back. No, but I think we've seen good receivers go in the late round. So I think that would be, if you're looking yeah. for receivers, that's. I'll tell you what, Allen Robinson is a free agent next year. I wouldn't hate him on the team. Yeah, he's Allen pretty, Robinson is a very, very good wide receiver. Yeah, he like, is. He's always underrated. He's underrated. Look at the teams he's been on. Look at his quarterbacks. Trubisky, he's ever since Nick Foles took over that job, he's been way better. Exactly. His QBs have been what Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, he's that's a very awful. talented wide receiver. Yeah. The fact that we very even very like consider him a good receiver is a mm-hmm. miracle with those guys. He had that crazy good year in Jacksonville that one year. Yeah, he had that one good year. Yeah, yeah I remember mm-hmm. that. With Bortles. <laughs> him and him and Alan Hearns, and then Alan Hearns fell off the face of the earth. Right. Listen, going back to like Giants drafting. And you guys kind of like talking on positional value. This is my controversial pick of the day, all right? Oh, boy. <laughs> controversial take of the day. Drafting Saquon, Saquon is obviously a generational talent, but I don't think drafting a running back that high <laughs> is really – like I don't value the running back position that much. Like you've seen a lot of success yep. with committees. The Super Bowl teams of recent, recently, yeah, it's yeah. not the thing is, yeah. yeah. Max said running backs don't win Super Bowls. That's the but thing. You see, last year they had uh, the guy uh, on uh, Kansas City had a great game in the Super Bowl. I'm forget, forgetting his name right now. Damian, been Damian Williams. Yeah, yeah, uh, but he was uh, an less than average running back for I think the most of that 2019 season. And uh, but like, look what look what the Chiefs did, right? They waited. They waited to get their first round running back until their team was set seconds, up to make yeah. a run. Right? Yeah. They got. Mm-hmm. They took Clyde this mm-hmm. year. Right? They don't need to take another receiver or another old lineman. Their yeah. offense is set, and he just sweetens the pot. When you take a running back, when you're just starting to form your offense, and that's like the guy that you're going to build your offense around, you can get into yeah. some trouble. And now we're in a spot where now mm-hmm. we have to draft an O line because well, we can't waste Saquon. We have yeah, to you, we have to use his talent right now instead think, of yes I love Saquon you look about, but yeah you look at the best spot. like running backs in the league and the teams that have built around them like Alvin Kamara is one of the best backs in the league but the it is a pass first offense and he catches passes uh, the only team that is built a bit around the running back and is succeeding right now is the Titans with Derrick Henry but I mean Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry so I, I think that's an anomaly. And I, want, I want to say also that if you didn't draft Saquon, we would have Sam Darnold right now. That's also that's also no, yeah. That's like also we weren't drafting point. an O lineman, we would have drafted no. a quarterback. I don't think I I think we would have Josh Allen, which is why I'm glad that we didn't draft a quarterback that year. But mm-hmm. I think if you look at it from a logical standpoint, we should have drafted a quarterback that year. But they still like couldn't figure out there wasn't enough leadership to really say, all right, we're done with Eli. It's time to turn the page. We're going to start this process now. And they they were still trying to, you know, figure out what to do. And, you know, between McAdoo and Shermer and, yeah. and, and Gettleman coming in, that was like, you know, his first year, right? Gettleman, mm-hmm. that was his first I think, pick. I think the moves Wait. around it haven't made sense, but taking Saquon because you believe he is a generational talent, like he is – better than Derrick Henry when healthy. That's so true. you can build an offense around that. Mm. But every, the moves Derrick they Henry. made around him didn't make sense. So I think the pick itself wasn't necessarily bad. No, I think with a viable offensive line, he is the best running back in the league. Yeah, maybe. You know, we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we might. That's the, the problem is we might not never know. Yeah, yeah so, I feel like he's, you know, the, the, the lack of an offensive line ruined him. Yeah, Derrick Henry is his offensive line kind of. Yes, he doesn't need it. <laughs> but, but Tennessee, Tennessee has some big boys on that. Taylor Lewan is pretty good. They, yeah, they brawl. They come mm-hmm. to fight every Sunday, and they mm-hmm. wear people down with that attack. And look, they're successful. I mean, they really, uh, yeah, they're very hard to beat because of it. 
Yeah. But also, how many years did it take Derrick Henry to get there? Like, he was only good in his, like, what was it, third or fourth year? Right. Where he really broke out? Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, we can make the comparison between Saquon and Le'Veon Bell and the, the same sense of, like, patient running mm-hmm. backs that uh, they, they're yeah. going to try and shimmy and move to try and get a hole. The offensive line that Lev Bell had in front of him allowed him to be patient right. and kind of yeah. run that where he would get the ball and he'd be chilling behind the old line until he found right. the hole that they would create. Right. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes Saquon tries to do it, and the problem is that if he waits, there are five defenders in his face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's true. I mean, like that that Pittsburgh game where he has kind of struggled to run the ball, mm-hmm. there was a defender in the backfield every time he got the ball. Forget yeah. the backfield. There was a defender in his back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> with him. Getting sandwiched. Yeah, it was not pretty. And it, it's been kind of like that the whole time. You know, let's be real. Like, when have we seen him, you know, with, with lots of open space? It just hasn't been the reality that he's lived with. And, you know, like, he's the type of guy who's going to try to hurdle people. So, like, health-wise and longevity-wise, you're not going to stick around. And if you look at that injury that he had, which seemed like a phantom injury, do you remember the play before that where he had the big run and he hurdled the guy? And he landed a little weird on that leg. And then the very next play, he blew it out. So, you know, it's it's really his his own kind of running style that, you know, and his lack of an O-line. That, that destroyed him because he feels like every single run I've got to make, I got to bust this for a hundred yards. Yeah, I could live without the hurdles, honestly. Yeah, the hurdle, the, the hurdles are the one. I love, look, I love the jukes and all the spin moves and stuff. Yeah. The hurdle is the one move where I feel like you just leave yourself so open to just getting absolutely destroyed. And it, it isn't even that effective either. Right, especially from a guy who's like five six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like an Evan Ingram hurdle. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the was it there's that great video of like the 35 year old tight end vernon davis trying to hurdle someone and he just get this is i feel like that's what happens most of the time when you try and hurdle like it's like well we, it, we get so amazed when it works because it's like it doesn't work all that much <laughs> even that iconic hurdle that picture that uh of saquon against the yeah. bear he mm-hmm. still got tackled like <laughs> that hurdle if yeah. you watch the Evan Ingram hurdle from last night when he landed on his back, <laughs> the defender the defender was like – he was standing up. He wasn't like that low. Mm-hmm. And he saw Evan kind of going up to jump, and he rose up <laughs> to make sure that he, he, he caught him in midair. <laughs> so he basically flipped him with the hit because yeah. you know, he saw him hurdling. It's just a dumb move. Also, another thing about free agency, uh, Kenny Galladay is also a free agent. He's uh, a would be a great, great deep threat for uh, Jones. I feel anybody, anybody yeah. that gets the ball, please. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, also, uh, Rory, going back to you know, like, uh, what was it? Running backs picked with the first pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking at uh, you know, like past draft classes for the Giants. And just kind of thinking about like when when they turned the corner in my lifetime, because I grew up going to like, you know, the Meadowlands and watching the Giants with my dad. You know, he had season tickets when I was a kid and I'm like eight years old sitting at the very top of Yankee Stadium or at uh, Giant Stadium at the 50 yard line. That's where our seats, the very top row. And, you know, you're up there with the binoculars and the chief seats. <laughs> Before there was, like, a big screen to watch the, the stuff over again. We literally watched the game with binoculars. But, uh, That's great. You know, you know, Phil Sims came in in 1979. Uh, you know, Lawrence Taylor came in 1981. Uh, but, you know, Lawrence Taylor was the number two overall pick in the 1981 draft. Do you know who this was the first pick that year? George Rogers running back for <laughs> running back for who gives a rat's ass, right? <laughs> he played for New Orleans or something, but nobody knows who the heck he is. But yeah, no, it's like that, that's how you have to build the team, right? They had Phil Sims. Everybody thought, oh, that's a questionable pick. How do you this guy's Moorhead State? You know, it's not gonna be anything. He ends up being you know, an MVP in the Super Bowl and leading them really to two Super Bowls over the course of his career. Jeff Hostetler played in the second one because he got injured, you know, late in the season. But Phil Sims is the reason they got to that Super Bowl. Um, 
and the defense led by LT and Carl Banks. That defense. Good times. Little little Giants history for you. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Small time calling the shots. <laughs> In Belichick. So uh, it's been no secret this year that the NFC East has just been laughable. I think now they're <laughs> through the first six weeks. There were five combined wins among all the teams. I mean, this is just. I mean, even now the Giants are only like one game out of first place. They got what they've 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 played seven games, so they have nine left to go. Any chance they win this division? There are some winnable games here. They play Washington in two weeks, Philadelphia in week ten, Cincinnati in week twelve. There are also some difficult games. Yeah, I go up against Baltimore, Arizona, Seattle, T- uh, Tampa Bay this week. What are we thinking about it? We're going nine and seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think personally they're going to beat Washington again, even yeah. though they really should have lost that game last week too. Yeah. yeah. If they, that game goes into everything. overtime, I don't know. I feel like that's a loss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's over. It's over. And, uh, you know, they, they lost all their momentum late in the game. And, again, the defense was tired. They'd been out there all game and – you know, the the offense wasn't doing anything. They didn't score any points in the second half, did they? I don't think they scored any points in the second half. Not on uh, anyway, against Washington? Were, uh, yeah. uh, not on offense. They got a defensive, like, fumble recovery for a touchdown. Yeah, they got a defensive, yes. got a defensive score. Sorry, they yeah. got a take crowd or whatever, yeah. Uh, they have uh, another one against Philadelphia at home. I feel like that's a winnable game. Really? Yeah, I mean, Philly's gonna get guys back, and then it's gonna be look. It's true, but that—that's what they were saying last year, and like they really just didn't get healthy. Honestly, Max, I think their better chance of winning another game is probably against Dallas the second time. Yeah, I mean, they looked horrible. Week seven, week seventeen against Dallas. That'll be. It'll be interesting to see where they are at that point in the year. Their offensive line right now, Dallas is just in shambles. It is. They have third stringers on their offensive Mm -hmm. line. Yeah. That's what the thing, only offensive line that's worse than ours. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott is really struggling now, too. Just like the exact same way Saquon was when he was here. Nobody's blocking for him. It's true. Look, I, Mr. Shafulio said it. The key to, to, the key to winning some of these games is going to be if the offense can keep our defense off the field. So it's not that they have to go out there every single time. Look at this Giants offense. Their, their points – their points leader is Graham Gano at 54 points. Daniel Jones, who is their quarterback, only accounts for 30 points. The kicker has 24 more points than Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones is the leading rusher. Yeah, that's not good. That's by not far. what you want. Yeah, now it's team far. composition. <laughs> until, until yesterday, Darius Slayton had the only passing touchdowns for this Giants team. And then Sterling Shepard came back, Golden Tate got a touchdown. This offense has been good. I just think it needs to show a little bit more consistency if we're going to see them win some games because right now the point differential – we talked about the point differential for the Jets, which is like negative 110. That's awful. Giants are negative 52, which is fourth worst in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And that's all the 49er game. That's all the yeah. – the thing is that they've been able to keep close in some of these. They played Pittsburgh pretty tight. Listen, listen, listen. So we lost by 10. We lost to the Bears, who have been proven to be a very good team by one possession. We had a chance. It to was win with Trubisky, but yeah. Then it was the Niners game, which we got smoked. Yeah. Uh, after that was the Rams game, where we lost by one possession. Then it was the Cowboys game, where we lost in a game went a game winning field goal. Then it was the Redskins game, where we won, and then it was last night, where we lost off of a miraculous Boston Scott touchdown. So we have been in six of the seven games. And we've played. Yeah. It's just yeah, but, yeah, you know, it's like, not rolling our way. The 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 thing that the thing that separates the you know the, the crappy teams from the teams that are not so crappy is winning those close games, right? And it, like right. the fact that you've been in every one of these games and managed to find a way to lose every single one of them except for one and your defense won that one. That says a lot. Yeah, what did Detroit was had the lead in like fourteen of their games last year or something, and they were like five and something. Yeah, I mean it's also like losing yeah. these close. 
we're it's sometimes we're just not playing complete football games. Posio, that week two game against the Chicago Bears, where they make it interesting in the second half. If the Giants have any type of first half with their offense, that game is probably a win, considering mm-hmm. how bad Chicago was in that game. The Los Angeles Rams, you don't score a touchdown in that game. You hold their offense to 17 points, which is great, but you only get three field goals. Even, even against Dallas, right, your mm-hmm. offense finally shows up, and it's just you're not able to hold on to the lead. Same thing here with Philly. You have a 21 to 10 lead with, I think it was like five minutes left to go. The win probability, they showed a stat at that point, the win probability was like 96%. You got to be able to win those games. Four minutes left in the game, 96%. You got to be able to win those games. They had, uh, so the chiefs have these games where they come out flat and they play a horrible first half and they come back and win the second half. We're not good enough to do that. We gotta, we gotta play a full game. And you know, like, the, the fact that you said that, Lou, like the probability of them losing the game at that point is a 96%, the probability of them winning. But I'm sitting there on my couch 100% sure they're going to lose. No, that's my, – my dad even said that. He was like, yeah, you know you're not going to be able to hold on to this lead. And I was like, let's hope and pray. Come on. And then Evan Ingram dropped, dropped the ball, and he was like – you know they're losing this game, right? And then they got into the red zone. I was like, let's just get the stop. Four downs, come on. He was like, you know they're going to score a touchdown here. And sure enough, mm-hmm. even with the – it looked really bad for a second, and I it's thought so maybe the offensive face mask pushes him back 15 yards. But oh, that's yeah. the Giants thing to do, right? The Eagles get to the five, and all of a sudden the defense is looking good. 15-yard face mask penalty, and all of a sudden 19-yard touchdown to win the game. That's just the Giants' way to lose it. <laughs> by a 5-6 a running back that well, somehow I'll tell you, I don't know man I will say this gentlemen having watched the Giants my entire life and this is from when I was like you know old enough to sit and watch the TV because my dad made me sit <laughs> and watch the NFL games every Sunday if we, were, if we weren't going to the games ourselves and during my young childhood the Giants were horrendous Go and look at their record through the 1970s and and early 80s. They went through a dry spell that is just epic. They were horrible. We watched them every home game on seasons where they went like 4 and 12. They never won a single game at home, some of those years. (laughs) And yet, by the time I was a freshman in high school, they won the whole thing. And then when I was a first freshman in college, they won it again. And so, you know, I'm, I'm first, my first year at Xavier, they went to the Super Bowl and got routed by, you know, the Ravens. Yeah. But they had really, like, sort of 20-plus year run of success after that huge dry spell. You know, and this has not been a very long dry spell. We're talking about about eight years now mm-hmm. that they've sucked pretty bad. So it, it does get better. They will, they will get back to winning football. I believe that, especially – if they if Daniel Jones stays healthy and they can surround him with some more talent. When was the last time we made the playoffs when we got uh, destroyed by the Packers in the first round in like the Wait, wild card? Twenty fifteen? Yeah, maybe I think. Yeah, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the infamous boat picture. Yeah, the boat. <laughs> I, I think that picture's cursed. Listen, everything yeah. <laughs> taken. The Giants have had the worst record in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I that. All right, well, say what you want about him, too. Odell would really help this team, especially no. as a deep threat. I mean, it depends. He's no, like, like – I mean, Sometimes all the off-the-field stuff, it just gets to be – Yeah, hard. but no, take all that away. He's a, He would be a good deep threat. I mean, talent-wise, look, he'd be hurts great our defense for Jones. Too. Yeah, because we would lose both the real and, uh, Peppers and um, uh, Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying – like, what's his name? And Zeitler. And we would also yeah, have a Vernon. Mm. Yeah, that was one of the best moves that Gettleman made since he's been here was getting rid of that sure. guy. Yeah. Listen, listen. Honestly, now that we're talking about Gettleman, I don't think he's that bad. Like I I I don't either, honestly. Everybody the, like the the worst move the worst move was the DeAndre Baker move. <laughs> yes. Yes. Everyone, I remember, everyone got mad that he didn't take Haskins, and Haskins isn't even a starter anymore. Honestly, the Daniel Jones pick—that's going to go down for how badly it was criticized. Daniel Jones is maybe the best quarterback in that draft. Kyler right? Murray, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, 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 Murray looks good. 
Kyler Murray does look good. Well, he was the number one. We didn't have a chance to figure out. Daniel Jones can make a case when it's all said and done to be the best quarterback in that draft. I think we got to give Gettleman credit. All, yeah, I agree. But listen, you also had Drew Lockdown taken and Kyler Murray. At right now, I think he's two. You can even make the argument that Drew Lock is better, but he's been hurt right now. So we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you, got, you can't really judge uh, Gettleman until we see what Xavier McKinney is either because that, mm-hmm. that was a big last year that we haven't seen on the field yet. I hope he that guy's – He was one of the best safeties in college football that year. Exactly. And, you know, he, he, you know who knows what that guy is, but we, what, we can't really judge Gettleman's draft until that guy's healthy and on the field and we can judge what we've got with him. Um, but I agree with you, Poe. I, I, I don't have a problem necessarily with Gettleman. The only thing is I just don't like his personality. I don't like how he deals with – you know, questions and things like that. But I don't have to like him as long as he's making decisions that I think are good for the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think that he's made some, you know, unfortunate errors in free agency with the, the, uh, who is the guy from the Pats that they added as the left tackle? Uh-oh, um, Solder. Solder. Oh, Solder. Yeah. No, he opted out. He opted out this year. I'm pretty sure like, one of his kids has like a tumor or cancer of some sort, so he opted out. Yeah, yeah but thank God he did because he sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hope his kid he's, gets better. But he's yeah, a, he's yeah. on a big contract too. He's he's yeah. making in like seven million a year. Yeah, because the Patriots have that uh, def- or offensive line coach. I forget his name, but he's one of the best in the league. Yeah, yeah. I like the coaches. I like the quarterback. I like some of the young guys on defense and the way they play as a unit. Uh, you know, so overall, I think we're in a much better position this year than we have been over the course of the last eight years. Um, yeah. And, you know, even though we're not winning games, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm the coach, I realize that that's, I'm not going to win a lot of games this year and I just need to develop my talent. I need to give reps to all these guys on defense. I need to circulate those guys and get them in in pressure situations. I need to see what I've got on this offensive line and who's willing to play for me. You know, I just need to evaluate talent, and I think that's exactly what they're doing right now. And it might not be so fun as a fan, but trust me, in four years when they're going to the playoffs, you're going to be like, oh, this, this is awesome, you know, because of the investment that they're making now. Oh, I definitely, I definitely think the we can start. We're starting to see the foundation for what could be a successful football team. Mm-hmm. You, you know, talk about Daniel Jones. We'll have Saquon for a couple more years. The key to me is the defense. That the defense has been this good, and it wasn't even supposed to be the strength of the team. I think me and Poe have talked at nauseam mm-hmm. about how much we love some of the guys in this defense. And like Mr. Trivulio said, we haven't even seen Xavier McKinney. We're gonna get. You know, more high draft picks probably if this year is any indication. So there could be even more talent coming in. I think there's really some potential for a really solid football team uh, in a couple of years. Max, going back to your question earlier, like if we have a top 10 pick, you know who I'd like to see the Giants draft? I want to see them draft an edge rusher. I want to see a guy that can get to the quarterback and pressure them. Not for nothing. The pass rush has been good this year, but I do agree with you. Yeah. If we had had that second pick this year, though, Chase Young, imagine Chase Young on this team. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. We would have to, like, we would, I think we would switch to a 4-3, but that would be okay. Yeah, that would be fine. But, Mr. Fuller, you were going to yeah, say something before. No, I just think that the, the, the idea of an edge rusher would be nice because you need somebody like that to put pressure. Leonard Williams has been a lovely surprise. Golden has not had the season that he had last year. Uh, you know, maybe because he's not getting as many reps because Leonard Williams is doing so well. Um, but the, yeah, they they have some pieces. The one the one guy on defense that I'd like to single out as hit the bricks is that Lewis guy who you know like completely yes. melted down in the fourth yeah. quarter yesterday. But he's not really a full time starter. Darnay Holmes is going to have that job, but he's out right now. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that, that goes to what I was saying earlier about the coaches just giving these guys reps to see what they've got and putting them in pressure situations to see how they deliver. And I saw all I needed to see with that guy last night. Yeah, that was – he completely just fell apart in that fourth quarter. It was like every big play was – you could see the big camera zoomed on him, and it's like, oh, they found him. They found him. 
Yeah, that Whoever was. offense. <laughs> so uh, I think this discussion is kind of uh, moving its way towards a finish before I kind of do a little bit of a send-off. Any last uh, thoughts on the past two weeks or moving on for the future about the Giants? Uh, Go ahead, Max. Not much. Just, uh, again, this the what this team is really lacking, obviously, besides, I mean, Saquon injury and offensive line. I think that deep threat is is basically what we need to be looking out for, whether it comes through the draft or we sign either uh, one of the top guys in free agency. I think this offense could potentially be uh, pretty good once we add that last piece. Well, I just want to say thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. I'm happy to come back another time and, you know, discuss whatever, uh, you know, down through the seasons. Uh, I'm also a big Yankees fan and a uh, New York Rangers fan. Um, so I'm happy to discuss any and, and all. And, uh, you know, I, I let's go Giants. I, I would love to see us beat Brady next week, despite <laughs> all of this. I know that's not going to happen, but who better to, like, you hey, know, never have say the never. Giants <laughs> we yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome to just watch Brady lose again? to the Giants. <laughs> be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think it's safe to say, right? The bar was high for this episode. Let's just be upfront about it. And we surpassed the bar easily. I mean, it was just yeah, a fantastic episode, a, a fantastic debut for our first faculty guest. It couldn't have gone any better. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely have you back on. Looks like uh, the Rangers will be fun to watch, Poe. We'll definitely have to get into some Yankees. That won't be as fun. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Mr. Chifuyo, for just coming on, talking some Giants with, uh, with us. It was great oh, to have absolutely. you. And uh, as yeah, always, thank you yeah, so much. as always, for all of you here, I think we'll call it a night. Thank you, guys. From the 12, Jones keeps, gets a block, takes off, and he is gone. Trying to stay upright, and he trips. Absolutely all alone, and he trips going to the end zone and ends up carrying it as it is for 80. And off here for the touchdown, Wayne Goldman. Jones ducks a sack and now able to drop it off to Goldman. What a play. And Goldman turns it into a nice gain as he's knocked down near the 34. Jones, Goldman over the middle. First down. Here is Goldman. He's been terrific in this second half. We've got Barnett coming off the edge. Across from him. Thomas makes the block in this one. Off the hands of Evan Ingram. Jones could not have laid it out there any better, and Ingram could not make the catch. No, it was a perfect throw, Joe. It was right on the money.